Welcome. This is Dr. David Deshine. Delighted to host John David Wells for this edition of Just the Facts, part of our features in Saving America. His contributions span 45 years where he has garnered number one ratings in five different broadcasting formats. He has now hosted the Wells Report for 20 years, which is aired each day on 1160 AM KBDT from 2 to 5 PM. And like many shows, can also be heard by the internet. And uh, he spends his weekends as Master Sergeant John D. Wells of the Texas State Guard. He has some fascinating personal facts, which we don't have time to go over. But uh, one of the facts that he put in there that I just had to mention is he said, I'm a really lousy musician. Ah, uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm a lousy symphonic percussionist. But I okay. am a percussionist. I yes, I'm 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 yeah. But at least it's loud. It sounds good to me. Well, welcome, JD. We're going to talk about your show first, and I'm going to read just a little clip that you provided. The sure. broadcast may have my name on it, but this is our show, just like this nation. The Wells Report belongs to us. We the people. Tell our audience about your show. The show started on 9/11, 2001 a day that lives in infamy to this day, at least in my mind, and, and, and I understand yours as well. You were in Washington, D.C. when that came down. Absolutely. I was awakened at somewhere around 6 o'clock. I was living in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, my wife said, you've got to get up. A, a small aircraft has crashed into the World Trade Center. And I, and I went, whoa. So I turned on the television and uh, realized immediately that it wasn't a small plane. And I, I thought it was a 737. Yeah. And uh, and I was saying, well, OK, this is going to be, you know, some kind of a, you know, disaster coverage. And I was working at uh, AM 840 KXNT in Las Vegas at the time. And so I started getting my started getting my stuff together to be able to get to the radio station to start lending lending a hand. You know how that is. I mean, you know, it's all hands on deck. And uh, and as I was getting ready, as I was getting ready, the second plane came in. And I suddenly realized that just what everybody else realized mm -hmm. that, uh, that we were under attack and I started working a lot quicker to get everything together. By the time I got finished, by the time I got finished, the South tower, uh, was on the brink of collapse. And I remember standing in front of my studio equipment, what you can't see here is there's a big monitor there that I had uh, available in it. I had ABC news on it. And I saw something very strange. I saw the, the shape of that massive South Tower begin to warp slightly. And I'm going, what is that? And then it collapsed. And I, I reared back and howled like a wolf. I've never made that sound before or since. I, I, don't, know what, I don't know what got me, but it was just, I literally laid my head back and howled. And, um, and then I... And then I went to work and started, started doing all the things that radio producers do. I wasn't a producer then. I was also air talent. But, but knowing what a producer is supposed to do, I started doing all that. And, uh, and started working my way through the story, et cetera. We got, we got some people from the, we got the ambassador from the Palestinian mission because we immediately knew that it was some sort of a terror situation. And I wanted to start where I knew 
there was terror and that's no slight or slap at the at the palestinians i'll let the people listening to this interview deserve uh, determine whether or not they deserve that but that being said we that was just one of the things that we did we followed the story and uh and then i was told at some point that i was going to be taking over the show at 6 p.m uh west coast time and i started doing the first edition of the wells report i I couldn't call it the John David Wells show because it wasn't the John David Wells show. And I couldn't call it Chevy Camaro because that name had already already been taken. So, so what I ended up doing was uh, I said, okay, what am I going to be doing? I'm going to be reporting the news. Okay. So the news is the most important thing. And so this is the Wells report. And that was the name. And I didn't really spend much more time on it than that. Excuse me. Sorry. And, uh, and I contacted some people that I knew, uh, some of the most talented human beings that I've ever been able to source, because I honestly believe that at that particular moment, you know, all these people were sent to me. One of them was Rick Steinberg, a brilliant author who wrote Gemini Man and The Four Phase Man and The Cost of Living. He is a brilliant novelist, and he also has friends in the spooky world of special ops. And so he and I began to discuss just exactly what had happened and we were able to make some some amazingly prescient uh observations and estimates about what had happened and sometime later it was like years later i found out that uh that the cbs radio network put me on the air and i didn't even know it and so that was my first foray into uh into network radio unfortunately i'm still on the usa radio network as we speak so that was the beginning, the genesis of the Wells Report. It started on 9-11, and I realized that I simply had to do something besides happy-go-lucky general information talk radio. And I had to do the news, and I had to remember how to do the news. And I had to become a newsman instead of a DJ. And that, that was a process that took a while. And so... And so fortunately, I was given the opportunity to continue growing the show. And that led me to Dallas, Texas, where we put it on at KLIF and had magnificent success with it because it's all based on truth. You know, it's, it's truth spoken here. And, and I don't care whose political ox gets gored. We're going to tell the truth here. And so, so when, we, when we say things on this broadcast, they are straightforward. Some people say blunt, but, but in, in actuality, this bluntness comes with the love of nation and love of America to be able to tell the truth for the sake of better decisions. And well, that's, all it, that's, that's a, all it is. That's a great contribution to America. And let's switch gears just very slightly. And um, what do you expect will be the impact from the disastrous uh, abandonment of, of the entire country of Afghanistan. They talk a lot about the airport and stuff, but they gave up the whole country, not just the airport. Nothing good. Nothing good can come of it. It is essentially uh, a back to the future moment where we go back, you know, 25, 27 years to the point where, where we go and train the Mujahideen to get rid of the, the Russians and somehow in the odd, in the odd ideology of the Muj, they finally decided that those of us who had spent all that time 
helping them and training them and giving up, we became the enemy. And not among most, but among some. And one of those was Osama bin Laden. Mm -hmm. I suspect that in the near future, we'll find another Osama bin Laden and we'll find another another smoking ruin of some part of America. And I'm not looking forward to it. I understand. Yeah, it's a tough call. And um, what do you see today? And, and it kind of leads into the question we just talked about um, in terms of American uh, democracy. And of course, we have 2020 hindsight because we saw what happened yesterday. And does that bode any better for us? Uh, great question, David. And I think I think what we have here is we have the the beauty of the of the fruits of the labors of the greatest political minds, some of the greatest Renaissance men of the of the 18th century, knowing full well what human nature was capable of. You know, the the Constitution is not a technical document. The Constitution is a document of human nature. And what it does is it describes the remedies for the inevitabilities of human nature. And so, and so if you follow this, you will find a small federal government. You will find it doing limited things. You will find it bereft of a lot of power that these people aspire to. When any power that they have, they mishandle. I mean, read what we just talked about, Afghanistan. Before that, we had, we had all manner of, of things with uh, problems with our border. You know, all of these things under control based on a non-political direction from a non-politician. And as soon as the politicos took back, uh, took back the government of the United States, suddenly we're in a position where now we have all of the things that were occurring before. Talk another back to the future moment where where we were trying to leave the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, the, the basic founding document of the Declaration of Independence, we're trying to leave that behind in favor of some sort of politician-driven society that will inevitably be a mess. And what we see in this, I think, is we see the wonderful self-correcting mechanism that really can't be obliterated by, by political ambition. And, uh, and I'm, I'm truly pleased at the way that the people of the United States, given an opportunity for their voice to be heard, uh, indeed said, no, I'm sorry, we're not doing that this time. Well, it's, it's interesting to me. I um, am from Virginia, basically. It's my adopted home state, as I mentioned, uh, my connections through the Norfolk Naval Base. But um, I also went back uh, later in my career and uh, was based out of Richmond, Virginia from 99 to 2013 and returned to Houston in 2013. And it, it's very interesting for me because I was there as the state morphed from a kind of a purple reddish state to a uh, what was considered before yesterday a, a blue state. And um, one of the things that I find disturbing is other than some of the conservative commentators that stepping past Yonkin, they elected a lieutenant governor who is a black female, former Marine. And of course, once a Marine, always a Marine and an AG who's Hispanic and they're both Republicans. So they swept all three top things and it's diverse, and, it, and it, it's interesting because 
I saw some coverage uh, rebroadcast of some CNN commentators or folks like that talking about the, you know, again, using the R word to describe the people who voted. And it's like, let me get this straight. They voted for a, a triplex, triplex of diversity and you're saying that this was a racist uh, deal, and I'm, I, I don't think either one of us see it that way. The, uh, the poignant hypocrisy of that uh, speaks for itself. You know, there's, it really doesn't require, it really doesn't require a great deal of comment on our part that yeah. someone would sit there on a television studio and say something so asinine is, is not anything that you need to amplify or even clarify. They've done it for themselves. The interesting thing about it is this, what I find devastating to this nation based on the ilk of those people would be something along the line of the deterioration of the meritocracy. Mm-hmm. You see, meritocracy, um, a meritocracy, a merit-based society knows no color, knows no packaging, knows no gender, knows no anything except that which is the best at any given discipline or any given task or any given any given um, uh, execution of a plan by the best persons available. Absolutely. And the, the, and the thing about a meritocracy is, is that it provides, and especially in America, because there's so many things that people can do. I mean, there is something for every American that they can do at, they, at their absolute love and pleasure that will succeed for them and make them rich beyond their wildest dreams and happy and so on and so on. There, that's the greatness of America. But what, I, but what I really think is, is that when we diminish the idea of, of the meritocracy, what we end up with is depending on packaging and, and, political, and political connection. And you know what? That is the abyss. You know, this is, this, is about, this is about people being at their very best and celebrated for being there. And the rest of it, the color, the, the creed, the religion, the, the, the physical attribute, the packaging melts away into the irrelevance it belongs in. Absolutely. John David Wells, so much appreciate your being on Saving America uh, for this edition. Tell people how they can get more information about your show and your activities. Well, strangely enough, you brought up uh, my work with the Texas State Guard. I am about to deploy, and I can't say much more than that, but I will be in defense of this state and this nation. And so uh, I will be doing some things more off the air than on, but I will be, uh, I will be doing a... Um, I will be doing a newsletter and I will be doing some various things whenever I get a chance to. This is this particular uh, this particular deployment is going to require more soldier skills than communication skills. So uh-huh. I'll be concentrating on those. But, but what I will say is if you go to the wellsreport.net, the wellsreport.net, you'll be able to find me and I'll be able to find you also on Facebook. Uh, the Wells Report, just go there and I will be posting uh, along that line and uh, we'll have at least at least a newsletter and so on. And until the end of this deployment, and I can't tell you when that's going to be, but it won't be forever, uh, I'll be doing that. And David, thank you so much for for this wonderful show about saving America, because because this is the work that's required of us. This is our 
this is this is our calling. This is what we must do to protect and defend and help this great republic both prosper and and succeed. Absolutely. And thank you again. And thank you to our audience for joining us for this edition of Just the Facts for Saving America.